This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. Joined by Mary Lucas from Transitions Life Care. Here's your host, Jason Kong. Welcome to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk traffic. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. I'm Jason Kong here with Mary Lucas representing Transitions Life Care. Mary, how are you doing? Involved in no online auctions at the moment? We were just talking about this before the show. Oh my gosh, I know. Shout out to my dad. We didn't win the painted fish. No, Um, not the painted fish. (laughs) No. I almost just fell out my chair. Yeah, we didn't win the painted fish. Um, I'm just an online auction junkie and man, you can stay up all night doing this stuff <laughs> <laughs> well for anyone in the area listening who uh provides painted fish go ahead and put it on the the auction site of your fancy and maybe mary and her yes. father will come a bidding for you oh yes we'll be there excellent well let's get into the topic at hand and right now we're going to be focusing on senior moving and we're very pleased to welcome on to the show robin sloan robin is the operation operation supervisor for caring transitions robin thank you so much for joining us on the show today what a pleasure good morning everyone Robin, I have met you before at the Duke Caregiver Conference last week. was super excited to see you in person and meet all the other people at the conference. Um, but for those who have not met you before, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your role? Well, um, really, really quick, um, Caring Transitions is, uh, deals a great deal with downsizing, right-sizing, um, preparing, um, moving, transitioning, and settlement for seniors. So 70% of our demographic deals with seniors, and seniors are dear to my heart. Uh, one, because uh, Mary and Jason, is because I was a caregiver for mm-hmm. nine years, uh, caring for both my aging mother and my sister, who were both dealing with uh, terminal uh, illnesses. So uh, being someone who wish I had the support, Wish I had the knowledge and the wisdom and the mentorship for someone to hold my hand, Mm -hmm. (laughs) walk me through the process, Mm -hmm. and help me get through this transition. It would have been uh, beyond uh, viable. And so it's just fitting that when I ran across this company, um, I have run and owned several different businesses and franchises, and this particular one struck my heart because it's dear to what I've gone through personally, mm-hmm. and as well as it's a way for me to support those who are going to be coming behind me and going through that same process. That's very helpful, and that's a, a great perspective that you have coming from being a caregiver for so long in and, and many different ways, and being able to have that perspective to help uh, your clients as well. Yes, absolutely. So it's not just book or expert knowledge because Mm -hmm. all of our uh, people are trained, but it's actually coming from a personal perspective. So I can have the sympathy and the empathy of what they're going through, even the emotional uh, uh, experience, what they go through. And at the same time, by my background being in life coaching and uh, business coaching, I can also hold their hand effectively and get them through this transition. 
that's very helpful. So when we talk about senior moving and, you know, you're holding someone's hand through this process, what is the first step? You know, you're you're probably dealing with people at a very vulnerable time when they're deciding. I know that I think about my grandparents and um, my dad and his brothers when, when they decided to move out of the house that they grew up in and, um, and, and make a move to an assisted living facility. And I remember the stress and my grandmother did not want to move at all. Um, but they were, there were so many stairs, it was a hazard, you know, it, they weren't able to cook and clean for themselves fully anymore. What is that first step when you're working with people who are deciding to move? How, how do you go about that? Breathe. (laughs) And that's a great first step. Great first step. (laughs) And and I know that sounds funny, but even when I have been doing uh, personal life coaching, the first thing that we must do, and I take them through, even before we start our session, is to breathe. Mm -hmm. Breathing settles us. It prepares us. It even kills our emotions. So whether you are the person that's going to be assisting the elderly moving or you're the person, the aging parent or uh, person yourself, taking a deep breath. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. And exhaling it. And I like to take my clients through three deep breaths, uh, deep breathing exercises. And I, I call it it. Uh, uh, what is what it, it? It settles the room. Mm-hmm. You know, it it causes to everything to be still. Now, once everything is still, we can begin to talk rationally, mm-hmm. and it calms our emotions. So I know I jokingly said that, but I'm very very serious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, and then the next thing is having a conversation, mm-hmm. Mary. Mm-hmm. Hear what the person is afraid of. Mm-hmm. Hear what they're saying, what they're apprehensive about. Um, um, they're concerned. Oh my goodness. And by us listening, we are able to address them more appropriately and with care. Mm-hmm. Henceforth, that's why we're called caring transitions, because we do it with, I hate to say this, but with gloves on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. We're handling a very sensitive situation. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Somebody's snatching something from you. And because I used to uh, coach on grieving, it is absolutely part of a loss. Mm -hmm. I I definitely feel that. And for, you know, that, that is how I felt my grandmother, that she was feeling in that moment. You know, she was worried. I I remember my um, aunts and uncles were trying to clean out things. And there was a lot that needed to go to Goodwill. You know, I mean, they had a house full and she was a crafter. And so there was just so many things. And she, I remember for months following, she would say, where is that little snowman or whatever it was where was where is that little ornament that I had that used to go here and in our head I'm just like that is at goodwill that that is so far gone and we have no idea where that thing is and but it was like that for every single thing we picked up you know so for the person who keeps everything do you have any advice for the family member that is assisting in the move okay the person that keeps everything. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Okay. You know what, Mary? I, I love to quote this particular quote I'm from, I don't know if you're familiar, but with the author Lewis Carroll. He's the writer from Alice's Event, Adventures in Wonderland. Are, are you, look, are you yep. old enough? Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. There is a quote from out of that uh, book, uh, not the movie. But he says, it starts with, who are you, said the caterpillar. I, I, I hardly know, sir, just at present, Alice replied after shyly. At least I know who I was when I got up this morning. But I think I must have changed several times since then. Mm. Mm. That's a transitional. And even though we, we're speaking about se- uh, seniors, all of us go through that. Mm-hmm. When there is a transition, transition happening in our lives, there's a question of who I was, who I am, and who am I going to be in this next season? Mm-hmm. Wow. So when a senior or an elderly person or aging parent or grandparent is embarking upon this new transition, they are aware that it may possibly, no, they are aware that there are going to be changes. Mm -hmm. And while they're holding on as long as they can to who they used to be, that also means the things that uh, represented those eight, those stages. So that's the stuff, Mary. Mm-hmm. And holding on the stuff helps us, we think, remember who we are or who we used to be. Mm. So when the person is beginning to address the stuff, I will say. Now watch this. The stuff is not always necessarily physical things. Mm-hmm. Really, when we look at the physical things, it's really that we're trying to hold on to the emotional things, the emotional stuff that when we see the physical stuff, it triggers the emotions. Oh, my God, I wish I remember when I was 12. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was in my 20s. Isn't that, isn't that interesting? So with that in mind, when we address those things, it is great to let the person Talk it out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow. Let's discuss this. Oh, what is it about this that um, that uh, makes you feel whatever way that they're ex- they're expressing? Let them get it out. Mm-hmm. Because when we let them get it out, it makes room for the new person we're going to be. Does that does that make sense? Yep, absolutely. That does make a lot of sense. And usually there is a lot of emotion and memories attached to things. That's a very good point. We're speaking with Robin Sloan. She's the operations supervisor for Caring Transitions. And first up, we're going to take a deep breath. Yeah. (laughs) And then we're going to take a break and we're going to resume our conversation with Robin right after this. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF with your hosts, Mary Lucas and Jason Kong. 
Welcome back to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. I am Jason Kong here with Mary Lucas. Our guest on the line is Robin Sloan. Robin is Operations Supervisor for Caring Transitions, and we're talking all about senior moving and we have our expert on the line and robin but right now we've got an expert in the studio as well with mary because we're going to be talking a little bit about estate sales and uh this is this is your bag mary i love estate sales (laughs) um you know my dad actually we were talking on the way here about the fish the painted fish Mm -hmm. um sore subject sore subject we lost the painted fish um on the online auction last night um i just love auctions and I love estate sales. I'm the junkie that lines up in line, gets my number, and I am there um, for the good ones. And I I just love it. My whole house is estate sale items. And I have a dog. Wait for it. Um, Y'all that listen to the show know this. I love dogs. I collect (laughs) everybody's um, uh, expired dog portraits. Like They have to be originals. I don't want prints. It has to be a painting, a cross-stitch, um, a watercolor, a charcoal, a, a pencil drawing, anything like that, and extra points if it has the dog's name on it. Um, and I have a powder bathroom in my house, and the entire bathroom is gallery wall of everybody's old dogs that I don't know. Um, and everyone thinks that everyone that uses the restroom in my house is like, are these all your dogs? And I'm like, no, these, this is just the dog bathroom. Um, so I love estate sales. And if you ever run into one where you see a painted dog that is somebody's dog, please get me the portrait and I will have you on the show and you can come on and talk about whatever you want. Um, anyway. Okay. Um, back to the show, Robin, talk to us about how to go about estate sales. Like, so you're moving and maybe an estate sale is an option for you when you're thinking about moving. Talk to us about how you help people decide if estate sales the option, if it's a good option, um, and also auctions. Um, talk to us a little bit about all this. Dog Wall Hall of Fame. Yes. Okay, I just had to get that out. Yes. I had to get that out. Yeah. <laughs> and I would be amiss if I did not do a shameless, shameless plug here because ch.ctbiz.com is the place for people like you. Wait, wait, wait. Repeat that. C-A-H-C. What was it again? C-H. Uh-huh. Uh, C-H uh-huh. dot C-T-Bids dot com. Okay, I'm on We it. have awesome, 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 awesome uh, online uh, auctions and talking about getting some good deals. Oh, my goodness. This is for the, the junkie. Okay. Which is not you. Um, you I are an astute estate. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Back to the regularly scheduled uh, uh, conversation here. All right. The, the main thing is when we start this whole process is, um, and I'm, I'm just going to plug in here, to, to de-stress the situation on all sides. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that means those who are helping those who are getting ready to downsize, right size, move, go into a senior, and the person themselves is to eliminate as much stress as we can. As a matter of fact, that's one of our tags. That's one of our, uh, our pain points. We help remove the stress. And you know what? Stress comes from uh, oftentimes when we don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. We, we are stressed when we're pressed meaning on both sides. We have something pressing on one side, and and we're stuck in the middle, and there is a loss 
of sense of direction. It causes stress. So the first thing we have to think about is let's plan. And in the planning stage, right, obviously we're cleaning, we're organizing, right? We are uh, uh, creating dates. Out of all of that, we can determine whether something needs to go to a donation place, mm-hmm. that something needs to be thrown away, given away to friends and family, an estate sale, and or an online auction. Specifically, you mentioned estate sales. Mm-hmm. Estate sales, Mary, most of the time, is better when you have a surplus of furniture, mm-hmm. heavy things. Because those things are hard to move when they're on an online auction because a person has to come uh, from out of state oftentimes. Now, we have a following on ch dot ctbiz.com they come as far as virginia delaware all the way to north carolina but that's not the the norm for particular online auctions so when it's the case that when we are helping a senior downsize or even a divorcee or anyone who's having to change in space when there's heavy furniture we resolve to an estate sale what happens is we come out Free consultation there is, and I love that about us because there's no obligation. What better thing for somebody to come out and say, hey, no, you know what? All your stuff is just pretty much junk. (laughs) 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 Or on the other side, and say, oh, my goodness, did you know that this was a rare 1930 England teacup that's worth $150 just for the saucer? (gasps) No. Yeah. Okay, so those the free consultation is absolutely priceless. Mm -hmm. And then from there, we determine by the uh, amount of uh, furniture and or a ton of smaller things that's more portable, whether something is more uh, advantageous to have an estate sale. Mm -hmm. If, If it is an estate sale, we come out, we do an assessment, we put things in a bundle, right? And we set a date, and voila, we price it according to what the uh, value is at that time. But at the same time, uh, Mary, uh, oftentimes uh, value, especially when it comes to antiques and vintage and things like that, is in the eye of the beholder. Mm-hmm. It's what you see it as, right? So those are the times that you want to do an estate sale. Any other times, we highly recommend an online auction. And for the online auction, it's quite similar. We go in and we do an assessment. We begin to place things in bundles with uh, like things, uh, like items, and we list them. We take a picture and we take very uh, detailed pictures because we have to remember if a person is doing an online auction, mm-hmm. then they can't touch feel, right? So we try to imagine if they're there and, and take very good detailed pictures all the way around and so you can make an educated decision on whether or not you want to bid on it. So those are, that's the high level of how we come about uh, determining whether something is good for an estate sale and or an online auction and the process that it takes to get us to that date. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, absolutely. I, as someone who auctions, I appreciate the detailed photos. And um, and also, you know, I was thinking about this the other day when I was looking at my stuff. And I'm like, I don't ever want to be <laughs> my mom and I make that joke sometime of like, our estate sale is going to be either really good, or it's going to be really bad. And people are going to be like, you have been hoarding a bunch of junk. Um, and it, we call them tchotchkes. I have a lot of tchotchkes. And my mom has a lot of tchotchkes. And we love going to state sales and buying a little dumb tchotchke. And but there's some meaning to it to us. So someday my estate sale is going to be really wonderful. And I think everyone's going to be very excited about my dog portrait collection um, that they will get to take home with them in one lot. Um, I know that somebody will love I agree with you. But you know what you just said? Based on that, the overall uh, major deciding uh, the fact, factor in decluttering, the organizing and decluttering stage, Mary, is decide what is important. Exactly. Exactly. Mm, yeah. And if you don't know, it's good to have another family member that's unbiased. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely could feel that. Yes. I, you know, and there's a lot of there's a lot to be said. There's I, I feel like there's people out there, like you said, it, it's in the eye of the beholder. A lot of people um, I, I watch that show Hoarders as well. Um, I've watched every single episode of every single season. And there's a lot of people on there that are like, no, that thing is worth so much money. And they bring in the expert to be like, that thing is not worth a dime. And I feel like there's you have the, the expertise to do that and to help people and also to be the third party to take, you know, family out of it and take the emotion out of it, you all can come in and say, no, that's not worth anything, but this is, and you should really think about keeping this thing. Um, and I think that's really helpful for a lot of people. Yes, they respond to us differently yes. because we are outside entity, but those family members, they catch it. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Absolutely. Especially the children. Oh, my Lord. I'm like, oh, we need an umpire in here. Exactly. <laughs> you go to your corner and you, you go to your corner. Yes. <laughs> Got to make sure everyone Ooh. is in their separate corners so that we do avoid the fisticuffs when it comes to the emotional side of moving. We're speaking with Robin Sloan. She's the operations supervisor for Caring Transitions. Robin, we got really carried away with the state sales. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> do you have time to stick with us for one more segment to chat about a few more things? Absolutely. I love this stuff. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. We're having a blast with you. So we appreciate you hanging on with us. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. News, talk, traffic. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. 60 minutes devoted to giving you all the information you need when caring for a loved one with Mary Lucas and Jason Kong. If you have questions for the show, you can email agingmatters at transitionslifecare.org. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. If you want to learn more about Transitions Life Care, be sure to head online to transitionslifecare.org, transitionslifecare.org. Jason Kong here with Mary Lucas, our guest on the line. 
is Robin Sloan. Robin is Operations Supervisor for Caring Transitions, and we're talking all about senior moving. And Mary, we've got covered a lot of ground here, how to broach the subject. Uh, we've gone over estate sales, but now we want to spend some time discussing a scenario where maybe a move isn't uh, the, the right call right now, but decluttering and sort of cleaning things up is maybe the a situation that we need to look at. Absolutely. I think it's something that we run into sometimes and we see with our patients and at transitions is you come into a house as a provider or caregiver um, or even a family member and you see clutter everywhere or, and it's, and it becomes more than clutter. It actually can become dangerous. Robin, talk to us a little bit. You may not be moving, maybe someone's not moving, but these things are becoming a fall hazard. What are some key factors to when it comes to decluttering that may be helpful? Key factors that may be helpful in decluttering. Yes. <laughs> um, very similar to the person that is moving, mm -hmm. but then we veer off. Again, the first thing is going to determine what is really important. Mm -hmm. mm, right? What is important? And remember from the beginning of our, our conversation, we talked about all of us are going through a transition at one period of time. And what it does, it brings out, um, whether it's verbalized or not, it calls us to recall who we were, who we are, and who we're going to be in the next season. So I always like to reverse engineer. When we stay at home, what do we want our new lifestyle to look like? Mm -hmm. Wow. At this stage of life, what's important to you? Do you want to be able to travel? Do you want to be able to entertain more? Do you want family members to come over and stay more? If one of those, if you start with the lifestyle, then you create the space that was supported. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So with that in mind, I'm, I'm going to just use this as an example. Um, we have a, uh, a, a client that we just not too long finished working with who is staying in the home, aging in space or in place is what we like to call it. And at this stage of her life, she decided that she just really wanted to have social life and some place where her loved ones, grandchildren can come and spend some time with her. And we had to do a declutter. Well, with that in mind, knowing the end game and reverse engineering, it made it easy for us to determine is this important, meaning does it support where and how you want to live in this next phase? And as we did that that way, she was, e she was able to clearly define lines and say, no, that can go. That can be donated. That can be sold. I can give this to my family member, and this we can include in the online auction. Mm. Wow. Mm -hmm. So when you get very clear about where you want to go, it makes it easier how to create that space for it now. Mm -hmm. 
That's very good. I love all the options, too, to be able to have all of those options and start sooner. So talk to us a little bit about the timing, actually. That's a good segue. How much time do you realistically need to move? Is there a time frame you should be looking at in advance? You know, how when do you start thinking about these things? Okay, I love that because I'm going back to reducing stress. When we feel we are short on time, it creates stress. Mm -hmm. Just like this morning when I was hitting traffic trying to get to this location (laughs) and make sure I was available for our wonderful conversation, all of a sudden I started feeling that angst. Why? Because the traffic was tempting me to feel like I was going to run out of time. So what does that mean? We're back to planning stage. Mm -hmm. Setting a hard-moving date. You know, the first step to anything, Mary, deciding. <laughs> oh, my God. Right. When right. people make, when, they, when, they're, when they're entertaining the thought of decluttering or moving or staying in space and just changing our space inside, we have to really make a decision. And once you make a clear decision, psychologically and emotionally, they get on board. And in alignment. And so from there, you can set a hard moving date. And when we have deadlines, actually, it motivates us. Have you ever been in a situation where you was running out of time and you just knew you just had to get this done? All of a sudden, all the things that we get stuck in the weeds about goes away. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Throw it in the box. Throw it in the box. Throw it in the box. (laughs) Right? Give it away. Give it away. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So deadlines create a sense of urgency, but at the same time, it gives us a sense that we are actually planning. And planning um, is in the, again, it depends on, when when I speak of timing, how long does it take for us to, or how should, how long should we give ourselves? Um, I think it's going to change with temperament, Mm -hmm. right? And if you have someone helping you, when someone is helping you outside of your emotional state, they can create boundaries. Oh, my goodness. They can create checklists for you that you would normally get stuck in the weeds about. So that's helpful. But what if you're doing this by yourself? Then a timeline, you would have to be real with yourself. Do I procrastinate? You know, does it take me a long time to go through these? Am I dealing with photos, which is a a huge thing, Mary, when it comes to uh, uh, decluttering? And and what I always love to reckon, I'm just segwaiting here, is to uh, create a digital slideshow. That is the best way to reserve those things and and then uh, identifying key people. If the, if the aging person does not know who they are, then why keep the picture? Mm-hmm. <laughs> at the end of the day, when we may have to start reminding our loved ones, our aging parents and grandparents of who someone is, the odds increases when they actually knew who it was. So if it's a stranger in the picture or whatever, discard it. Okay, now I'm back on track here. <laughs> I just had to add that in because photos are huge, especially for a person who's been on the earth for a while. So when it comes to time frame, you want to do it in small increments because when we go into a storage, go into a room, go to a home, and we see all this stuff, 
it feels overwhelming. I love to do what I call, and this is what I do with my clients, my coaching clients, 15 minutes of focus. Wow. Or five by five. Do those in increments. And it helps to chip away at that big, huge elephant that's in the room, bit by bit. Mm, That is very helpful. My mom has a ton of photos. And we've been talking about this now, which is helpful because she's been moving a lot recently. And um, and there's photos everywhere there's photo books photo albums photo we have digital photos we have everything and i'm like send all the photos to someone and let them scan them in somewhere and let's get rid of all the matter she keeps giving us books and i'm like stop i do not want i do not want photo books what am i going to do with this book of me as a baby nothing it's going to sit in a closet no one wants to look at me as a baby sorry mom i know she listens and now i feel bad (laughs) and you know another thing too this is just a little uh, tip is try to put all the photos on one device. Yes, yes. One device. Great advice. Robin, we could talk to you all day. You are (laughs) such a fun person to chat with. If folks want to learn more about caring transitions or maybe link up with you, what's the best way to do that? Wow. CaringTransitionsCH.com. That is our website. That's CaringTransitionsCH for Chapel Hill area. Dot com. That is our website. And of course, if you want a free consultation, feel free to call our owner, Lisa Schulster, at 919-267-1440. Or they can contact me at 757-818-8855. And just to, again, for the, for the Marys in our life, <laughs> ch.ctbids.com for some treasures and some one-of-a-kind good deal. Very, very good. Robin, thank you so much for your time. She is Robin Sloan, Operations Supervisor for Caring Transitions. That website, again, caringtransitionsch.com. You can call 919-267-1440, or you can call Robin directly, 757-818-8855. Robin, thank you so much for your time today. We appreciate it. Jason, what a pleasure. What a delight to start my morning off with you all. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was our pleasure as well. Thank you so much, Robin. We're taking a quick break, but we'll be back with more. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. Joined by Mary Lucas from Transitions Life Care. Here's your host, Jason Kong. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Jason Kong here with... Mary Lucas and Mary, we can't go a full show without mentioning your pets. You are uh, a foster parent for many, many dogs. And this is something I don't know how you have the time to do, given Me either. Your, your current <laughs> duties, but I know it is a passion of yours. And we've, we often bring this up because um, pets can often be um, 
extremely helpful and, and maybe not necessarily thought of for those who maybe have finished a caregiving journey mm-hmm. or who are in, in the beginning stages of one. Absolutely. I, For those of you who may remember or, or don't know, um, I fostered a dog back in January, Waylon, um, Waylon Jennings. Uh, Waylon, uh, he is a Bernadoodle, so Bernie's Mountain Dog and Poodle Mix. Um, he was from a backyard breeder that was um, having, who had a hoarding situation. He was one of 50 dogs that was living outside. He had about five pounds of matted hair um, and he had been living in his own filth uh, in a crate outside his entire life Um, and he was about one when I got him and he had never met humans never been inside uh, a house Um, he was uh, extremely emaciated he had heartworm Lyme disease other tick-borne diseases he had intestinal parasites Um, he was in really bad shape he had infections on his face Um, and when we shaved him his whole body was covered in ticks um, it was just, he was in horrible condition. Um, but the good news about all of this is um, he has recovered very well. And a, a couple of months after getting him and starting to heal and, and go through the process, I realized his temperament was just so calm and approachable. And I don't know how this dog trust humans. I really don't, um, coming from the situation he was in. And he has just been so sweet. And so I was thinking, you know, maybe you could be a therapy dog. Uh, and no, I don't have the time for this. Um, but I decided to, to dedicate time to, to making it happen and training Whalen to be a therapy dog, which I, I get a lot of questions about it now. So I wanted to talk about it. A little bit. It's not really hard um, to if you have a dog that has a great demeanor, is approachable, um, is not super hyper, doesn't lick a lot. You can't be a licker, um, can't be a jumper. Um, it's it's really not hard if it, if you have those um, if your dog it kind of falls into that. You don't have to have a certain breed. Um, and actually, most therapy dogs are rescue dogs, uh, including Waylon. Um, and, and the dogs that I tested Waylon with were also therapy dogs or, or rescue dogs as well. Um, you don't know, have to know commands or tricks even. You don't have to perform tricks like fetch. You don't really have to have a shake or anything like that. You just have to listen to your handler. Um, so Waylon just has to be able to listen to me and take commands well. Um, and, um, and, and he does that. And so I, I started training him. We were going to Lowe's Home Improvement and and you know different hardware stores and there's a lot of stores that actually allow dogs so we were just out all the time uh, after work and walking on the leash practicing not pulling practicing sitting when I tell him to um, approaching people calmly and and waiting to be approached um, and Waylon uh, was checking all the boxes and so we tested a couple weeks ago for the therapy dog test we, we work with Alliance of Therapy Dogs which is a national organization um, and the test they have testers all over and the tester met us at um, out, out in public with her therapy dog and um, part of the therapy dog training you have to be comfortable around other dogs and they can't approach each other he can't want to play while he is um, in therapy dog mode so um, and Waylon does very good at that so we met with her therapy dog and side by side and he passed his test and we're super excited um, and so I, I there there's a huge need for therapy dogs out there um, and I want to um, 
just promote that. And if you have extra time on your hands and you think you have a dog um, that might be eligible to be a therapy dog, check out Alliance of Therapy Dogs. That's just one of the organizations. There's plenty of others. Um, it's a great way to spend extra free time you have and helping others. Um, it's I've met a lot of really cool people. We had our first visits uh, at a nursing home here in a dementia unit recently. And um, and then we also did the hospice home at Transitions, and um, they were really special. The hospice home, I met more families in Wayland, spent some time with some families that were grieving, which was really special to me because both my grandparents been at the hospice home, and I've benefited from the therapy dogs that were there. Um, but the dementia unit was awesome. Um, there was this woman who um, – she was not verbal and she wasn't picking up her head um, or really making eye contact, but her husband was with her and he was trying to communicate with her and she wasn't really communicating. And Waylon, um, we walked up to them and Waylon sat there in front of her and he was like, look, it's a dog. And he was trying to get her to, to see the dog and she wouldn't pick up her head. And finally she put her hand out and and looked at Waylon, picked up her head and looked at Waylon, and it, it brought tears to my eyes and to her husband's eyes. I mean, she she immediately connected with Waylon, um, and was petting him and grabbing his ears, and it was just a really sweet moment. And she didn't say anything, and I don't, I think she was uh, pretty nonverbal, uh, just outside of um, you know that moment as well. Um, but it was something really special and connected with her, and um, you can really make a difference. Um, and I want to also clarify the difference in therapy and service dogs. A service dog is training a dog to do a specific task um, for somebody who needs it. So they have PTSD dogs or, you know, dogs that can um, help with diabetes or seizures and, and recognize those things. And therapy dogs are more for volunteering in, in um, different facilities, hospitals, nursing homes, hospice homes. You can even go to schools um, or the community events. There's a lot of different places that therapy dogs come into um play um so just my pitch you don't your therapy dog most of the time has to be about a year old um but there's plenty of videos out there that you can take a look at all the training that's needed and um but it's really not that hard so i work with a alliance of therapy dogs but there's plenty of others and i definitely um suggest checking it out um it's been a lot of fun and i'm excited to get whaling out more and also my pitch to rescue dogs our shelters are full um, and there are awesome rescue dogs out there. And don't think that you can't get a purebred dog from a rescue because you can. Waylon is one of those fancy doodles. And I hate <laughs> I hate when people say, he's a doodle. And I'm like, yeah, but let me show, let me show you where he came from. Um, and uh, I love doodles, don't get me wrong. Um, but I'm very proud of Waylon and where he's come from and, and the, the progress he's made over the last, uh, you know, six, eight months, eight months. Um, it's been a lot of work, but he's been... Um, He's been good. And for those who are interested in pursuing this training, can you talk a little bit more about that? I mean, is it mm -hmm. something where you're watching videos online and then training with the dog or are you dropping the dog off like, kind of like a doggy daycare and then they come back and they're a full therapy dog? How, how, how does it work? <laughs> you can. There are definitely programs where you can drop them off and, and pick them up. Um, I will say with those programs, it's a little bit harder because you're the handler um, and you have to be the one that is controlling the dog. Um, so it's, it's hard to make that connection when someone else is training your dog. Um, and, and so I think it is easier to 
if you can and if you are able to, to do the training yourself, um, if you go out on um, out on the internet and on the interwebs um, and you look up training or Alliance of Therapy Dogs, for example, they have um, on their website under join and members, they have a test a video and you can see the full test and what that looks like. So you do the full test at first and it does, um, They your dog doesn't have to be perfect. You can correct them in the test and that is totally acceptable. They just can't be shy they can't be jumping on others and they can't pull on their leash. That's like the main things. Um, it's great. They have to be able to sit and stay in a place for a few minutes as well. So to, to be able to just listen to you, approach humans, not jumping, not pulling on a leash, no licking, um, and interaction with dogs kind of to a minimum. You're not allowed to be playing with other dogs while you're there. But there are videos out on the Internet of what the test looks like. And there's also they have like checklist of everything uh, that you will be tested on. So I just went and practiced those things over and over and over again. Um, and then you do the initial test, and then there are two observation sessions. And if you pass those, then you uh, move on. They can do additional observations as needed, but they the observations, they take you out. And if you've passed the test, they take you out, and you actually do visits. Um, and they help kind of train you and guide you if you're doing something wrong or you're not holding the head the right way or whatever it may be. Um, they kind of correct you there. Um, but it's not, you know, it's not you did this wrong, you can always correct your dog um, and, and kind of shift their behavior during the test or during an observation. That's totally acceptable. So it's not, it's not too hard if you have a dog that has a good demeanor. That's wonderful. And for those who are maybe looking for a way to volunteer and who maybe are passionate about their pets and their dogs, this is a wonderful way to combine the two. And if you want to see a, a touching video of Waylon, check out Canine Inch Tales on Instagram. Uh, it's a very nice video that she did showing Waylon's transformation and also his graduation as a, <laughs> a therapy dog. It's cool to see Canine Inch Tales on Instagram if you want to see Mary's page there. Well, we are out of time for today. Don't forget, you can catch this episode and past episodes as podcasts on WPTF.com. Click on the podcast button. There you'll find the Aging Matters section, and you can re-listen to this episode as well as past episodes as well. We've got to get out of here. We're out of time. On behalf of Mary Lucas, I'm Jason Kong, and you've been listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Have a great day. You've been listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. For more information, log on to transitionslifecare.org.